Well, good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today is the culmination of our 11-week emphasis looking towards increasing our awareness of God's mission and seeking inspiration to get involved in God's mission. This morning, we're going to study the center of God's heart for foreign missions, which is all nations. We're going to discover that prayer for blessings and our perspective on worship require a reorientation after God's unfolding plan of redemption for the whole world. Thanks for joining us on this journey and presenting your heart and mind to the leadership of God's Spirit as we take one more look at God's plan for the nations. This past week, uh, my wife's aunt and uncle, they came to visit us from the great state of North Carolina. Uh, They live in the city of Raleigh, so it's a bit of a unique experience to come to where they think you probably need a passport to visit the UP uh, out here in the middle of nowhere. And you know what you do when you have the city folks up in the UP? You take them shooting. So this is, uh, this is a picture here of me explaining what open sites are and how, and how to use them. And uh, my Aunt Susan was doing her best to hit that bullseye. She was doing her best to hit that target. But uh, despite her best efforts, uh, it just kept going higher to the side. And, you know, I couldn't exactly tell. So I, I stood behind her and I tried to look right down the barrel and tried to identify. All right, I tell her a little lower, a little lower. Bam! Ah, so close. All right, I tried again a little bit lower, a little bit lower. Bam! And we were, we were dialing it in. But even as I watched this, I couldn't quite get it there. We had to move up a couple of steps, you know, to, to make it more feasible. Uh, it, it became apparent that even if the, the gun trajectory is off in your hand just by a fraction of a degree, you're going to miss the target by inches. Right? Even if you're off right here at the beginning just a tiny bit, when it reaches where you were aiming, you could still miss by a mile. And I, I find that as an apt metaphor for where we're aiming in our lives. The, the direction of our prayers, the direction even of the scope of our calling as a church. Th- think with me now. Do we have it on the center? Are, are we lined up in our scope of understanding God's mission? Or might it possibly be that we're just off even by the slightest bit? Because if we are, we run the risk of having missing the target. You, you need to know this morning that God has a target, and I've entitled this uh, message, The Gospel to Everyone. We need to define what that means. Because if we think everyone means something differently than what God thinks it means, even if we're aiming basically down the line of where we ought to be as a church, we might still be a little off. And we may miss, in fact, God's heart for his mission on earth. This message is one that is not intended to be well-received. In fact, my goal this morning is that you're going to be uncomfortable. That's my goal. And the reason is because when you identify discomfort in your life, it causes you to change. And so I'm not going to be an easy preacher this morning. I'm giving you heads up on this because I want your hearts to be prepared properly. That you would listen for there to be any place that you're just pretty close, but we're a little off-center. Because folks, we need to be on-center. We want to hit the target. We want to follow exactly where God wants to lead us. And I think we're doing a lot of good. I think we're pretty close, but we've got to take focus to this. 
And if we're a little uncomfortable today, that's okay. That's a good thing to be a little uncomfortable because it'll get us to move. The other day I was in the woods uh, cutting some trees and uh, (laughs) ran into a beehive. Now, the back end of a bee will make you uncomfortable. (laughs) And what do you do when you're uncomfortable? You move, right? Uh, And and that's a little bit of what uh, I'm hoping for, that uh, not in an intentional way to cause you to feel any sense of guilt or shame. That's not my intention at all. But rather that we would let our hearts be broken for those who have never heard. To that end, we are going to study a psalm right in the very middle of your Bible. Psalm 67. Our scope for this morning is going to be to read through this passage and then to identify some key observations uh, that speak to the center, that speak to the middle of the bullseye for God's agenda of his mission and how we need to really focus our minds, not to necessarily our cultural aspect, our denominational aspect, but rather God's scope for the center of that bullseye. Uh, Psalm 67 is where we're going to be, and then we're going to amend that with a few other passages. I also have a couple of videos this morning, so just giving you a heads up that you're prepared for that this morning as well. All right, please follow along as we read Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. That your ways may be known on earth. Your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the people justly and guide the nations of the earth. May all the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the hand will yield its harvest And our God, and God, our God will bless us. God will bless us. And all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's it's easy to uh, run across this passage without allowing it really to sink in 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 an effort to have us uh, marinate in the truth of God's word this morning. I want to break it down into a few observations. The first one is very simply this. The scope of God's praise is for all peoples. Did you catch it? It was in there a bunch of times. If you're the kind of person who's paying attention to repetition in God's word, and you really should be the student of the Bible that watches for repetition. Hopefully you saw this repeated. The psalmist understands that as we look at the scope of praise, it belongs not in Sagola or the UP or America. Where is it? It's everybody. The gospel of the good news needs to reach everybody, but it doesn't say everybody. And this is where I want to work on some nuance of us understanding exactly what the center is. Because the psalmist doesn't say everyone. Is everyone going to find uh, Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior? Is everyone going to do that? They won't. Uh, Unless the scriptures are leading us uh, deceitfully to talk about those who won't accept him. And yet we know from the book of Philippians that every knee will one day bow. Wouldn't it be great if those knees bowed by virtue of their love and admiration? admiration for their savior it says that every tongue will confess 
And the reason is because that's who Jesus is. There is no other option. There is no one else to whom you bow the knee. So everyone will, but not everyone will by their own volition. And so here, the scope of God's praise in being all peoples doesn't mean everyone. I, I, I wish it did. I wish I could come with a message that says, guess what, folks? Every soul on earth will give their allegiance to Jesus Christ, but it's not true. So what could this mean then? It doesn't mean everyone. And it also, notice, doesn't say some peoples. Right? The, the, the Bible didn't say, let some peoples praise God or most peoples. It says all peoples. What really the psalmist is speaking here to are people groups, cultures, uh, nation states. Places where people have a culture of identity amongst who they are that you could call them a people. God wants one from every nation. God wants one from every tongue. Every tribe, he wants at least one and hopefully all of them. But remember, it doesn't say every one. It does, however, say some from all. So the first thing I want us to see as we look at this is that uh, the real scope Uh, is to reach all people. I want to share with you a word that maybe you're not familiar with. It's called unreached. There are people in our world today who have never heard the gospel. They don't have a Bible in their language. Uh, They don't have the internet. They can't go and download the um, King James. They've never heard the name Jesus. Uh, I'll give you a definition here. It means an unreached people group is a people group where there is no indigenous community of believing Christians able to evangelize this people group. They don't have a church there that can reach their own people. And so what do they need? Come on, what do they need now? Many missionaries. That's what they need. They need people to go and to tell them because they've never heard before. I look at this and it causes me just a sense of Uh, sorrow even when I look at our own world because uh, there's a story in in John chapter 4 where Jesus encounters this woman at a well you know the story and um, she's drawing water there in the heat of the day to stay away and he asks for something to drink they kind of have this dialogue and and Jesus says if you knew who it was who was asking you you would ask me for one and I'd give you living water and whoever drinks of this water he says this will never thirst again now is Jesus talking about water No, because if you drink water, clearly you're going to be thirsty again. He's talking about forgiveness, a reconciliation of a relationship between you and God. If you find hope within the gospel, because that's what he has for you to drink. If you find hope in God alone, you won't look anywhere else. You won't. And yet we have people across the globe who are looking in dry wells where there is no water. Following after gods who they have to continually appease. Who say you better shape up. And you better do good because you might not make it. Do you know what the gospel says? None of us make it. Except for Jesus Christ. And if you know him, he is your way in. It's not by works, lest anyone would boast. For we are saved by grace through faith. Right? I look at our, our world and I feel like we're, we're a city of wells. How many churches are there around here? And, and yet, I, I look in our community at people, it seems to me, getting drunk off Kool-Aid and beer. And, and where are they this morning? They're, they're, 
they're not chasing after the things of God. We have such an abundance of living water that people are saying, yeah, I, I've heard that before. I really don't need any. While there are other places in our world where they don't even have a drip. They've never heard the name Jesus. And yet he's so prevalent here. Uh, there are, I looked it up this morning, 7.59 billion people on earth. Keeps going up. Uh, there are 427 unreached people groups with over 1 million individuals. 427 unreached that are a million large each. Is it any wonder why there's still so many who have never heard before? And so th- this is our challenge. It's not just because this is a logistical reality, but because what is the scope of God's praise? It's not just Christian nations. It's all nations. It's all people. That's the first thing that I want us to see here. The second now is going to be one that might be a little uncomfortable as well. Here we go. Number two. The purpose of God's blessings is evangelism. The purpose of God's blessings is evangelism. I want you to look back at Psalm 67. You might have recognized that it starts with the, uh, what we normally have as our benediction. May God be gracious to us and make his face to shine upon us. Did you catch that? It's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. It's called the Aaronic Blessing that comes from Numbers chapter 6. Speaking to God's people. And I love it because I love the picture of God's loving gaze over us. It's just beautiful. Um, it's the same way that I feel like I uh, deliver that when I see my little four-year-old Sadie. And just the, the love that I feel for her um, when she's behaving Amen. Um, But God's loving care and his blessing is what's requested here. I want to make sure you see that. May God be gracious to us and bless us. So first of all, recognize that blessing here is not talking uh, about what many times we pray for. Graciousness is his blessing. Did you remember the song we sang this morning? Count your many blessings. Remember that? Well, God's grace to you ought to be at the top of that. That he treats us so much better than we deserve. Those are his blessings to begin with. But then how much more has he blessed us? However, I want you to pay attention to the shift that is made. Uh, Because in verse 2, you find the reason for the blessings. What is the reason? Did you catch it? That your ways may be known on the earth that your salvation may come among all nations. The reason why the psalmist is asking for God's blessing, but bless me, God, this is what I would like from you, God, isn't for him. It isn't for the psalmist. It's for the sake of God's name to the nations. Therefore, God's blessing is something that comes not by virtue of what it gives to us, but God's blessing is given by virtue of what it will return to him. Did you catch that? This is, this is huge. This is, this is a kind of, we, we're close to center, but I think we're a little bit off. Because so often, and I know this is true because this is true in my own life, that I think of God's blessings because of what I need. That isn't the way scripture lays it out. God's blessings are given for the sake of evangelism. If, if it wasn't enough for you to see that in verses 1 and 2, I want to draw you to the end of the psalm. Look at 6 and 7. The conclusion here of all peoples Uh, is the result in verse 6 that the land will yield its harvest. So uh, this is talking about material blessings. 
in, in Israel's day, this would mean exactly what it sounds like. Your fields are full. Right? The, the harvest is plentiful. You have more than what you need. Why? What good is that? Do you have more than what you... If I went in your house today and looked in your fridge, do you have more than what you need in your fridge, in your cupboards? Yeah. What, what if we look at our bank accounts? Do we have more than what we really need in our bank accounts? Yeah. And, and, and I want to be careful here because some of us are thinking, hey, now it's America. I work for that money, right? And, and this is the place of conflict because the gospel to all people will not resonate with the American dream. It just won't. And this is the place of discomfort where we have to identify where, what path are we going to follow? How very center are we going to choose to live our lives when it comes to the blessings that we have? He says the land will yield its harvest and God, our God, will bless us. There it is. It's a fact. He will. God will bless us. Again in verse 7. And if it ended there, yeah, I could be a prosperity preacher. Right? Hey, God's, that's what it says. God's going to bless us. You're going to be healthy and wealthy, but that's not where it ends. Look how it finishes verse 7. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth. It's important that you recognize ends of the earth. In your bulletins today was a little prayer card. And uh, you'll find if you even compare them that some of the images are the same. But the images come by the people groups. And the ones that I chose are ones of the least reached. These are those who don't uh, have a church. They don't. They, they don't have a believing community to reach their own people. And so they need you. Because if you don't do it, no one's going to do it. And the reason I put these in here because these are the ends of the earth. Uh, these aren't countries from whom we heard of over the last 10 weeks. These are the countries nobody hears of. These are the people where they don't know the name Jesus at all. They are the ends of the earth. And verse 7 says, God will bless us and the ends of the earth will fear him. Uh, if you were to ask any um, preacher or uh, a Bible teacher, hey, wh- where would I look in the Bible to find the beginning of God's mission? Where, where, where should I turn to see where it starts? And if they were really sharp, they would say Genesis chapter 12 with the calling of Abram. That's where it begins. And I have it up here on the screen. I want you to look at it real quick. God makes a covenant with Abraham. He, he's going to make a promise to this person to bless him and to make a nation out of him. It says, I'll make, a great, make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm bringing this out is because this is where it begins for everything. All right? It doesn't matter if you're going to Grand Rapids or Felch or Papua New Guinea. It all starts right here. This is the source of God's mission. This is the beginning of the center of the bullseye. And I want you to pay attention to two really important conjunctions. These little words, and. Because again, if those didn't exist, we could be a prosperity church. But they're in there. I want you to see, first of all, the blessing that God promises, right? Twice he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. Right? And then he says it again in verse 3. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. God's going to do good for Abram. He's going to bless him. Why? Look where those conjunctions lead us. So that you will be a blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. 
Are you catching it? Give me an amen if you're catching it. All right. Because this is a really important point that doesn't jive with our culture. The purpose of God's blessing is evangelism. It's for others. It's not for you. That's a new way of thinking about how we ask God for what we ask for and how we are good stewards of the blessings we currently have. So let's move on a little bit more. Uh, the third observation is this. The goal of all this, the goal of the, of the blessings is that all nations will worship. And this is really cool. Um, the, if you look back in uh, your scriptures of Psalm 67, uh, the goal here is found in verses 3. And it's repeated because if you didn't catch it the first time, he puts it in there again. Look at verse 3. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Well, what's God after? Come on, speak up in church. What God's at? What is he after? He's after praise. He, he's after worship. He is not after worship from only one people, however. It wasn't just the Jews that God wanted to call. The Jews were given the promises and blessings of God so that the rest of the nations would hear and be called into a relationship with them. And the Jews rebelled against that. That that was all part of God's scope to bring Christ in order that he would die for the sake of the people that God loved. But now he has given that same task to another group. Do you know who they're called? The church. Yeah, it's the church that's, that's made of Jews and Gentiles. He's given that task to Grace Presbyterian and Segola. It's to all of us that we are to now reach to the ends of the earth. Uh, there's a writer who's really impassioned by this, a pastor of Bethlehem uh, Baptist in Minneapolis, John Piper. He's written a book, Let the Nations Be Glad. If you want to learn more about missions, this, is about the, this needs to be on your shelf. Uh, fantastic. Uh, volume. I, I'm going to steal uh, four observations from this on this topic that he wants the nations to worship. The first is because there is more beauty and power in praise that comes from unity in diversity rather than from a unity alone. Right? When you see people praising and they're from different backgrounds, you don't think highly of them. You think highly of the object of their praise. Right? Because it's captured not just the attention of one kind of people, it's captured the attention of all different kinds of people. Secondly, he says, the fame and greatness and worth of an object of beauty increases proportionately to the diversity of those who recognize its beauty. Very similar to the first one here now, but, recognize, uh, but see that proportional increase. So the more that are added, the more beautiful it looks. Thirdly, the strength and wisdom and love of a leader is magnified in proportion to the diversity of people he can inspire to follow him with joy. That as we turn to God as our Lord and Savior in diversity, he is made to look more beautiful. And lastly, by focusing on all peoples, God levels ethnocentric pride. That's a big word that just simply means we're the best. If you look like us and... and Fish like us, and hunt like us, and eat like us, talk like us. Yeah, eh? You guys, eh? <laughs> then, then, you're the, then we're the best. That's ethnocentrism. That's thinking we're great. But you know what? God doesn't focus on one people. And so he removes any idea that it's all about you. Right? So pride's not there to gather people. He gathers them according to his grace alone and not by any distinctives that they have on their own. Uh, this is why the goal... 
is that all nations will worship. And that's the reason why we still need missionaries. Because there are some nations where they don't sing. They don't. And we need them to. Uh, Lastly, the result of global praise is God's rule. If you can remember the last Sunday, we looked at the kingdom or the gospel of the kingdom. I'm hoping that's still somewhat fresh in your memory. Um, The book of Colossians tells us that all things were created by him and for him. And if you don't don't know what all means, Paul explains it. Things above the earth in heaven and things on the earth. Things seen, things unseen. Every power, authority, dominion, all of it belongs to Jesus. So the result of global praise, because if you worship the name of Jesus Christ, you fall under his rule. And the gospel of the kingdom has spread. I want you to see this in verse 4 of uh, Psalm 67, because 3 and 5 are repetitions. All right, Hopefully you saw that. All the people's praise is what we want. What's the result? Look at verse 4. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule peoples justly. And guide the nations of the earth. Do you know any nation on earth that's fair? Should we talk politics in church this morning, should we? (laughs) Probably not, right? Because you and I are not going to agree. No one in here is going to be able to agree, right? Because things don't fall justly. Things aren't done the way they should be. Because if they were, I'd be in charge. (laughs) Or that's what we all think. And the problem with this is that happens across the globe. And so where do we find fairness and justness? It's in God's rule. God's rule over the nations is where you find justice and you find that which is fair. So let me draw you to a couple conclusions on this. Number one, pray for God's blessing in your life for missions. That's a little bit of a change from off-center. God, we we thank you and, and we're asking your blessing over us. Oh, yeah. Blessing to us comes for evangelism, not for us. That you and I learn to change how we pray for blessings. It's very similar to if my my son's into soccer, right? Soccer season starting in the summer. So imagine if he were to pray to God, God, help me to make lots of goals so people will think highly of me. What do you think about that? No, instead, what should he pray? Uh, Lord, help me to make lots of goals so that my team will win. Do you see the blessing given to him isn't for him? It's for everybody else? Do you see that? That's this. That you and I need to change how we pray. We need to learn to pray so that we don't get the credit or, or, or the help or the aid or whatever it is we want. But we learn to pray so that the blessing is given to those who have never heard before. That's, that's the first thing that comes from Psalm 67. Number two is this. Let the worship of God by all nations be the goal. The worship of God by all nations be the goal. Who thinks it's good to breathe oxygen? <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? If you want to breathe nitrogen, that's fine for you. I don't want to judge, right? Or, or maybe for you, you want to breathe argon, carbon dioxide. I'm not going to judge. That's who you are. It's who God made you to be, right? How, how, how crazy would that be? If you don't breathe oxygen, you're done. It's not just for you, right? Oxygen is needed for who? It's for everybody, right? So, so the, the idea here, if you're catching the metaphor, the, the praise of God is not for you. It's for everybody. And we need to learn to recognize that worship 
as our goal is not ethnocentric to us in the UP, but we want to see all nations worship God. And lastly, we need to have the desire for the rule of God to come over the whole earth. The best illustration I can come up for that is the idea of trespassing, right? Um, let's say there's this, this big eight-pointer out in the field, right? But it ain't your field. I mean, no one's looking, right? A perfect stand right there. And let's say you go on someone else's property and they catch you. What are you guilty of? Trespassing. Because that land doesn't belong to you. Everyone on earth is trespassing on God's land. Except for you. Because you're part of the family. It's yours. Do you remember Jesus' words? The meek will inherit the earth. Right? That which is his is product of inheritance to his heirs. So guess what? If you believe and belong to Jesus, you don't have any fear. This world that you walk in, though there's a uh, defunct, false imposter on the throne called the devil, it truly belongs to God. And so you're not trespassing. This is his. But if you don't belong to him, if you don't call the name of praise uh, 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 on your lips of Jesus then you're trespassing. And if you're caught trespassing, what happens? You're found guilty, right? And you have to pay the fine. You have to pay the price. That's everyone on earth. Our desire needs to be that the rule of God, in the same way that you are no longer uh, under any condemnation of trespassing, because you belong to him, you're part of his family, it's yours. That needs to be a desire that we have for all people, so that they're not under that condemnation either. So I just have a couple of questions for application. How are you aiming your prayers? Because that, that's how it starts out, right? With blessing. May God bless us. Make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. Right? How, how do you ask God for blessings? And maybe secondly, how are you using the blessings that you currently have? Because God has blessed you, but it's not for you. It isn't. And, and that's not just material blessings. That could be talent. That could be a skill. That could be an object of your ability to create or craft or teach. Those are all blessings that God has given you. We need to make sure that we're using them for him. Uh, This one, third one's a tough one. How flexible are you with worship? You hear about this a lot from people. Well, I like church, but the music is just... I never hear that here. Nobody here ever says that. But other churches talk like that, right? Um, Here's the problem. Uh, Whatever fashion of worship you think is best... Somebody else has a different kind. And guess what? They're singing today. They are. I want to share with you um, the sounds of a Haitian church. When I served in the Caribbean, this was a church I worked at uh, quite often. And this was an ordination service I got to be a part of. And um, as they were worshiping, I was so moved by the sound of their praise. And it's in Creole. You won't understand it. I didn't understand it. But God understood it. Uh, that I got on my phone and I recorded a little bit. If that was okay. I don't know if that was okay. Uh, but I want you to listen to what that sounds like.
sounds a little different than maybe what you're used to, but it's beautiful to the ears of our Savior. It's not right when we want things to be just the way I want them to be, because God finds glory in the sound of praise from all peoples. I'm touched by that because those are my friends. And they're your family. And that's happening this morning all over the globe. A couple other questions. How is God's rule evident in your life? And how is God's rule spreading by your worship? I don't want you to think that this is just a kind of a one-off series that we're in. Oh, that pastor in Seville, he's a missions pastor. Listen now, there's no debate on this. Every pastor needs to be a missions preacher. There is nothing else for which we are here than to spread the fame of God's name and the rule of Christ. I've hoped that through our attention and our effort to study it, that these are new ideas that have found a home in your heart that transform how we think. But today, more than anything, I want us to move it to center so that we see God as a God to be praised by all peoples. The blessings that he gives us are given so that we can share the good news. And that his rule in the hearts of all mankind is the goal of why we're left here on earth. So you, you may be left thinking, sure, I'm uncomfortable in church today. What could, I, what could we do about this? And I want to offer you a couple of ideas. Uh, number one, be Christian. Don't play Christian. Don't act Christian. Be Christian. Carry Christ everywhere you go. Number two is I want you to, to pray that God will send out workers to cover your bulletin every one of these weeks says the harvest is what? Come on, I know you read the bulletin cover. It says the harvest is plentiful. It's ready. But Jesus says pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out workers. I have ten copies of this book on the back shelf. Uh, you can take one if you will use it. This book is not a book you read. It's a book you pray through. It has every nation listed. Every people group is listed in this book. And I only have 10 copies. And so if I run out, put your name down on paper. I will buy more copies. But even as I look through these, uh, do you know what the number one religion is in Togo, West Africa? It's Christian. How about Zambia, where Kayla is? Do you know what it is? It's Christian. Dominican Republic, number one religion? Christian. Even the missionaries that, that we're supporting, Papua New Guinea, number one religion is Christian. The, the ones that we have are going to see countries. They have the Bible. They have churches. We still need to send missionaries there. But how much more do we need to pray that God will send missionaries to the places where they aren't? Number three, give to missionaries. And number four, go and make disciples. There's something new in our church. You probably didn't see it, but as you leave today, there's a new sign above the door as you leave. It says, you are entering the mission field. Uh, when I was in high school, we would uh, go out and run out for the basketball game. We'd all slap the top of the uh, bar of the doorway on our way through, kind of in a little hurrah, all right, here, we're going out. I would love it if every one of you, when you leave, reached up and slapped the top of our doorway going out. <laughs> right? Because that's the idea. We're not going out ho-hum back to lunchtime soon. Right? That's not what we do. You're going out there to play. You're going out there to win. We got This will help retrain our hearts to recognize that's the scope of what God's after. All people. 
And so go and make disciples. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. 